At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts. Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Run Line, VSIN's premier baseball betting show. With Adam Burke, here's Ben Wilson. Welcome back in. It is our number two of the run line on a Sunday night. Mother's Day here from VSIN, the Sports Betting Network, inside our Circus Sportsbook Studios. Back with Adam Burke, Ben Wilson, with Brian Ortega, our producer behind the glass. Sunday night baseball still going as we speak on the north side of Chicago. Dodgers four, Cubs one, bottom of the six. Walker Bueller, he's a pretty good baseball pitcher last time I checked out. And that's the type of analysis that we give out on this show. Yes. Elite pitchers who are good at baseball. 75 pitches, Adam, as he goes. Uh, into the sixth, and we're looking at a live line right now. Dodgers minus 1,000, Cubbies plus 625 with an 8.5 total still out there. You said like 10 minutes ago. Maybe jump in on that. The only difference, Juice is now up to minus uh, 135. So uh, a typical workmanlike dominant outing from Walker Buehler, even though his underlying stats have been really weird and kind of unique based on what we're accustomed to seeing. There's been some hard contact, but he's also giving up, or he's also getting just an exorbitant amount of swings and misses today, Adam, what we normally expect out of your average Walker Bueller start. Yeah, you know, it's really interesting because Walker Bueller's strikeout rate is down this year. It's down quite a bit, actually, 21.5%. That would be far and away the lowest of his career. Last year was his lowest at 26%. So he's not getting the strikeouts, but his swinging strike rate is the highest it's been in his career. So to me, that's something where if, if you – it's you know kind of cost prohibitive to play the Dodgers in a lot of cases. Yeah. But Walker Bueller, his strikeout numbers are kind of lagging behind right now, and they probably shouldn't be. So maybe you start looking at some of his strikeout over props, stuff like that, because as I mentioned, swing strike rate, the highest of his career at 12.5%. His career average is 11.7. A lot of swings outside the zone, just not getting those swings with two strikes. So that's something that probably should improve for him a little bit here as we go forward. And of course, you know, that's something that, you know, again, the nice thing is because there are so many different betting options available, you don't have to lay over $2 on the Dodgers. You can find more creative ways to back Bueller in some of their games. What's interesting too, our show is called The Run Line. We haven't really talked a whole lot of run-line like run line specific stuff, though, as it relates to game-to-game uh, betting. And do the Dodgers not qualify as one of those teams where, like, given the way the MLB season works in a 162-game sample size, where like, it's a team where, remember last year, they won triple-digit games, and still you wouldn't have really made any money off of them because of the price you had to pay basically night in and night out. How do you approach the Dodgers from the the, the game-to-game run line standpoint where, like today, minus 140 at uh, laying the run and a half, as opposed to you're laying two-plus dollars every single time, and you could, like, Dodgers are a team, or you could have them win two or three, and you're coming out losing money if you're just betting them blindly on the money line. 
Right. Yeah, I think it's really tough. I mean, that's why, you know, if you go back through and look at my daily article and look at the tracking spreadsheet that's in there, a lot of times my plays wind up being small favorites, you know, in that minus 115 to minus 130 range, just because I feel like I can find advantages in that game to where I think that team should be priced a little bit higher. When it comes to the Dodgers, I mean, there there really aren't many hidden advantages. You know, you just kind of have to lay the big number or kind of stay off the game. It, it's really difficult to take a minus one and a half at minus 140. It, it just, it, it's such a challenging thing to do. Roughly, generally speaking, about 25% of a team's games will finish with a one-run final spread, um, final winning margin, I should say. Now, that's not just games they win by one run. That's just all of their games by one run. So, you know, look, with some of these powerhouse teams, I guess you could kind of think about it. But again, you know, like I talked about, the Dodgers strike me as a team that, you know, maybe won't be overly interested in some of these games. I mean, you look at their seven losses on the year. You know, they lost to Arizona twice. They've lost a series to Colorado. They've lost a game to the Tigers. You know, it's just one of those things where I, I don't know if they're going to show up in some of those really chalky roles. I mean, in the game they lost to the Tigers, too, it was the, it was the Clayton Kershaw mm-hmm. coronation night where their, hit, their line, like, it looked like everybody on the team was just basically there to have a Dodger dog and watch Clayton Kershaw break the, the all-time team strikeout record. They had no... Like they had no desire to do anything else, and they lost they that lost. game, even yeah. as, as a massive, uh, massive favorite. It's interesting because it'll, it'll lead us into our. Uh, I will say this real quick though: yeah. all eighteen and perhaps nineteen tonight, all eighteen wins for the Dodgers have been on the one, on the run line. They have Five, not two, won a game by one run yet. I believe it's only two one run games they have played yes. at this point all season. Uh, it's in a similar vein, except in a totally different vein. We talk about the Cincinnati <laughs> Reds, our team of the week. Who, of course, as soon as we put all this together, our producer Brian Ortega doing yeoman's work, uh, putting all the uh, the numbers and data points together on the Reds, just because we are obligated to talk, Adam, on this show, just how historically bad this baseball team has been, and the money that has been made by the betters who have gone on the opposite side of the Reds. Now, of course, they come out, they win two of three from the Pirates. So, if you want to update those uh, those numbers now, a, a, a hearty five and twenty-three at this point after beginning. That 3-22 mark, as you can see on your screen, it is ugly. The 1-20 record since April 11th before this series against Pittsburgh, only covering on the run line six times that WRC plus number that is dead last, so terrible hitting. The team fielded independent pitching, also terrible, over six runs per nine innings, worst in baseball as well. And it begs the question, Adam, like the, the Pirates obviously are probably maybe of good of good a matchup as you're going to get if you're Cincinnati all year. Eight of their next 13 games are against the Pittsburgh Pirates. So this might not be one of those like immediate betting things. But naturally, any casual better is going to look at this and say, I just missed out on like one of the greatest money-making opportunities of my game-to-game baseball betting lifetime here. I want to be a part of this. Maybe not in this eight of 13 game stretch against the Pirates because these are actually winnable games. How are you approaching the Reds now with the way the market has obviously gone rock bottom on them, the way you are going to be taxed out the wazoo anytime you want to fade the Reds against a real team? What's, what's the approach now, given the fact that you sit here and you say, well, I could have been up about 1300 bucks just you know, betting single-game $100 run lines on this team from the, from the get-go? Yeah, it's kind of amazing. I mean, we, we would all have yachts if, if we uh, were just fading this team on the run line throughout the course of this season. And, and look, the, the reality of it is now, you know, you kind of take an investment approach to sports betting. And you can buy low on the Cincinnati Reds right now. Buy very low, obviously, with how they've performed so far this year. But there are some reasons to think that this team can get better. First of all, the only thing they've been able to catch this season is COVID. They've got a few guys on the COVID IL. They have a 340 batting average on balls in play against. That's 22 points higher than any other team in Major League Baseball. And going into today's game, Opponents were batting 312 on ground balls against them. 312. Next highest team is San Francisco at 284. Also a team that I think should be better than they actually have been. But look, it's just it's crazy to me to look at some of these numbers for the Reds and, and think that these things are sustainable. I mean, Joey Votto at some point is going to come back and he'll end up looking like Joey Votto. Jonathan India is currently on the IL with a strained hamstring. Nick Senzel, he's on the IL. I believe that's also a COVID situation. So they're missing three of their better position players, which you know, with a team that doesn't have a whole lot of quality people, missing those guys is very, very difficult. Defensively, they've been awful. I don't think that that continues. Also, they're walking over five guys per nine innings, which is far, far, far and away the worst mark in that statistical category as well. There are so many outlandish outliers for this team that they have to get better at some point. So 
I'm actually looking to try and play on them if the situation okay. presents itself. Luis Castillo comes back tomorrow against your Brewers. We'll see how he looks in his return. I think Tyler Molly is a guy that's still better than he's performed of late. And also, he's got his next start coming up on Friday against the Pirates. So I'm trying to find spots to back them. But one thing I will say here is Vladimir Gutierrez, who's going to pitch on Wednesday against the Brewers, the modeling crowd that shapes the market and sets the lines and bets the overnights because of what their projections tell them, I think Vladimir Gutierrez might be the single lowest-rated pitcher in Major League Baseball for that group of people because every time he pitches, his line goes up 20 or 30 cents on the overnights and then keeps running out because the Reds are so bad. So if you want to fade Vladimir Gutierrez in the Reds, which makes a lot of sense, do it early. Bet it as quickly as you can. Mm -hmm. You can always decide if you want to hold on to that bet, come back on the other side, something like that. But if you want to try and get some line equity – you know, sometimes you have to be quick on the trigger and bet some of these things the night before. And fading Vladimir Gutierrez has happened in every one of his starts basically for the last year and a half, and I would expect it to continue. The other pitcher, I, yeah, I, I'm not sure if you would agree with, with me on this. I would lump in there. Hunter Green is a pitcher who the Reds are clearly in, in no rush to limit. Like They want him to get out there, figure out whatever he's got to figure out, get lit up if, that is, if, if that's what means he'll have to do if that's the result. And but there's clearly no indication from the Reds that they're like, oh, we're just going to demote this guy because he isn't doing anything. Like well, your your team's won five games, comes out against the Milwaukee Brewers. It's just it's like a hundred mile an hour fastball with straight, no movement, no location, and he gives up five home runs just throwing BP, which is crazy if you think about a hundred mile an hour fastball. One in four, near nine ERA. I know the underlying numbers. We've talked about this before. Sure, the underlying numbers suggest there should be some positive regression here. Three forty six BAPIP. Expected field and independent pitching of just over four, which you know not bad numbers by any means. But like that's a guy where Adam, I have seen absolutely nothing to indicate this guy is ready for big league pitching. He's just not. And in most cases, when a, a high prospect comes up and you see them struggle this way, well, what happens? They go back down to AAA till they figure it out. Jared Kelnick, great, a great example from last year with with the Mariners on the hitting side. I don't think that's happening with Hunter Green. And I wonder if if that is a guy specifically too. You you would be looking at as as almost an auto fade as well, kind of like Gutierrez. So I'll try and make a case for him here. Okay, please but, do. So Hunter Green, he does have 29 strikeouts in 20 and two-thirds, and that pitching line against the Brewers oh, was, was remarkable yeah. in his last start. Two and two-thirds, so he got, what is it, eight outs? He seven, got eight outs. Seven via the strikeout. But of the 18 batters he faced, nine got hits, five home runs, gave up eight runs. Uh, just I, I've never seen anything like it. Average exit velocity on the balls in play, 102.6, which is one of the highest I've ever seen. With that being said, He's faced the Braves, the Dodgers, the Cardinals, the Rockies, and the Brewers. Four of his five starts have been on the road. And as I've talked about, in some of these cooler weather cities, the humidor has been helpful. And he has given up you know, 10 home runs over his five starts. So home starts against bad offenses, you know, if Great American Ballpark's not going to play the same way as it did last year because of the humidor and all these other conditions, maybe you can you know, buy him at, at the top of the market after the line move takes place and all that. It's a tough sell, but again, you know, I, I don't want to restrict myself by saying I can't bet on that guy because if the price right. is right, maybe I have to. That's interesting. I'm glad you made a case for him because I couldn't. Uh, <laughs> they would, the Reds right now would need to go 55 and 79 the rest of the way to exceed their in-season 57 and a half win total. That, no, doesn't that seem – doesn't that – even even if the positive regression comes, doesn't 55 wins in 79 games seem like a lot? It does. Or I should say in 132 games. Like it does. Lot. They're on pace to win like 20 games. 22 games. Last time I checked, Cleveland Spiders. Now, not what you want. Uh, when we return on the run line, little breakdown of the AL West, a division we've not gotten to yet on the show. That's coming up next here on VSIN. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, 
Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. 
Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Since Premier Baseball Betting Show, this is the run line. We are back on the run line with our number two of the show, breaking a deep dive into one division each week. Today on the show, Adam, we're going to go AL West. What's been a really fascinating division to this point, one that still sees your preseason favorite in a pretty similar price to preseason, but we do need to discuss those, uh, those Los Angeles Angels. We've kind of been neglecting it outside of when we talked about like a Shohei day. And while he has certainly been really, really good, maybe not necessarily at the numbers he was at last year in his AL MVP season, still your betting favorite to win the AL MVP. This is a team that's 19 and 11 had him. I feel like they've kind of quietly built up a really solid first 30 game start to the year, still at plus 255 to win the AL West. And when you start getting performances out of guys like Patrick Sandoval that are actually no longer just, uh, you know, sub replacement level, like they've been getting out of their, Back-end starters, it seems like, for forever uh, since the, the rally monkey days of the early 2000s. This seems like a team, again, small sample size, but seems like they will be a competitor in that AL West. What say you, based on what we've seen so far? Well, look, I mean, offensively, they've been great. You know, they've been one of the few teams that's actually hit for power pretty consistently in, in most of their games here, regardless if they're playing on the West Coast or on the East Coast, and they have had a, a long road trip here already. But they've hit pretty much everywhere. I mean, Mike Trout is, is doing his Troutian things, as he usually does, but Brandon Marsh, Taylor Ward, some of those guys breaking out a little bit. Anthony Rendon is swinging the bat a whole lot better. But I think this pitching staff is really in line for a lot of negative regression here. Oh. And in fact, you're going to be writing about this in Point Spread Weekly this <laughs> week. With men in scoring position going into today's games, the Angels pitching staff has allowed just a 182 batting average, a 263 Woba. The BABIP against Angels pitchers with men in scoring position is 190. So that is really, really low. That's, to me, very unsustainable with this team. Defensively, they have gotten better. That was one of the things that GM Perry Manasian really wanted to focus on was making sure they were converting batted balls into outs, and they've done that here this year. But I think they've done that at a higher clip than we can really expect from them. The bullpen, it's a decent group, 351 ERA, but also a 432 FIP. That's another pretty mm -hmm. obvious sign of negative regression coming for them. So I think this offense will continue to be good, but I think the defense and pitching will slack off a little bit. I think I'm going to look to try to play a lot of Angels overs as we go throughout the next few weeks, couple months of the season here. Do they have enough to you know hold off Houston? Possibly. But Houston's also a team that when you look at what they've done here so far, they're good. I mean, they've underperformed. And they're only they, a half game back. Right. <laughs> 18, 18 yeah. and 11. Noah Syndergaard, too, is a pitcher that kind of comes into that discussion, a guy who... Look, I, I had a dynasty fantasy league since 2016. I finally gave up on him this offseason. I was like, you know what? I'm done. I'm done. Just didn't, didn't see it with him, especially moving uh, to, to an Angels, uh, you know, Angels rotation that just has not had much success. Here he is, 2-1 and one with a 263 ERA, but 230 BAP up against, 429 XFIP. His fastball velocity is about where it was in his minimal appearances with the Mets uh, last year, where it was down a full three miles an hour since pre-surgery that he had in 2020. How, like, how, how in the world can Noah Syndergaard sustain what he is doing? That's a question I, I would imagine kind of ties into this general staff philosophy you have. Yeah, for sure. I mean, look, they have a 246 batting average on balls and play against as a team overall. And as I yeah. mentioned, 190 with men in scoring position. So they're getting very fortunate in a lot of these high-leverage plate appearance situations on the pitching side. That's probably going to regress. It could regress with a guy like Syndergaard. I expect the bullpen to regress as well. And also, too, this is a low strikeout pitching staff, you know, and, and even though the ball's not carrying, I, I feel like at some point offense is going to pick up whether major league baseball changes the ball or gets smart enough to realize that they shouldn't have the humidor settings, the same across the board, you know, and should kind of weight them based on the climate that they're in. But 
you know, look, this is a team that's bottom 10 in strikeout percentage. You know, they don't miss a lot of bats. Otani does. I love Patrick Sandoval, big fan of him. But a lot of these guys otherwise really don't, and their bullpen doesn't miss a lot of bats either. They are very dependent on batted ball luck, and this is the right kind of environment for it so far. But if that changes throughout the season, as I kind of anticipate will take place, then that's a scenario to me where I think the Angels could kind of fall back a little bit here and maybe seed, you know, way to the Houston right. Astros. And potential over candidate on just a game-to-game basis here where you're fourth in WRC plus as a, as a team hitting, and we don't expect that to change anytime soon. But no. we, as we've started to see, now that we're kind of past the whole humidor, bad weather thing to start the year, we're starting to see these totals on the rise. I, I'm with you, Adam. That the Angels as a team could fit really, really well into that general positive regression towards more runs being scored. Syndergaard does pitch tomorrow in game one of their series against the Rays. No line on that yet. We're still waiting on an official starting pitcher there for Tampa Bay. In the meantime, Houston, they're still your favorite. Uh, you look at the odds right now, at least at DraftKings, seeing minus 190 on the Astros. Uh, and on our screen, we're at minus 165. So that's even ticked up a little bit just over the weekend with how the Astros have stabilized, even though they're hitting. It's about league average right now. You're 18 and 11. You've, you've had a number of guys on the shelf, just swept the Tigers in a four-game set over the weekend. They've now won seven straight. They won all seven games this week against the Mariners and Tigers at home. So you have to imagine a team like that that can weather storms of you know, futility on the hitting side is going to be just fine. And it leads me to think there's not a whole lot of value, at least at the top of this futures market within the AL West. No, I wouldn't think so. I mean, you know, Jose Altuve's missed some time. Jordan Alvarez had COVID. He missed a little bit of time as well. Jeremy Pena started out really hot, then got really cold. Now he's kind of picked it up again a little bit. But, I mean, you know, I've kind of marveled at this lineup throughout the course of the year where a guy like Kyle Tucker, who's got a fourth, uh, 331 Woba, 124 WRC+. plus. He's 24% better than league average as a hitter, and he's batting sixth or seventh in this lineup. I mean, this is a loaded lineup still. The big concern for Houston is the same concern that they had last year. The bullpen's not particularly good. Ryan Presley has already been hurt, came back off the IL, gave up a two-run homer in that series against the Tigers. That's a really big worry for them. The bullpen is going to continue to be shaky. But, I mean, Justin Verlander came back from basically missing two years, and he looks like the same Justin Verlander who will have a plaque in Cooperstown one day. And they just they, they keep developing really well. You know, they develop pitching extremely well. Remember, Valdez is solid. Luis Garcia is solid. Christian Javier is really good. Uh, you know, they just they, they have so much talent here. And also, too, I think they played 16 of their first 22 games on the road. So they were kind of all over the place, traveling all across the country, you know, playing some games in the colder weather climates and all of that. I, I still think that this division is Houston's to win. And obviously, the, the betting market agrees with that minus 165 price. The question to me is what are the Seattle Mariners and can they, you know, sort of play at a consistent enough pace to stay in this race? That's the team I wanted to go to next. It's funny how last year we just, we kept waiting for this team to fall apart and they win 90 games despite a a massive negative run differential. Uh, You see them there plus 550 right now and still a near, you know, two to one dog to even make the playoffs. The Mariners 13 and 16 to this point. Fifth in team WRC plus the bats have been really good. They have some individual pitchers who have been excellent. And, and Logan Gilbert, who I, I have, I, I don't know that I've blindly bet him every single start, but I've, I've at least had a piece of Logan Gilbert almost every time he takes them on. One of my favorite pitchers. And even though he struggled a little bit in his last start, uh, still did enough to get the win. His numbers are still unreal with a sub two ERA and a whip right around one. The, the question is, so does a team that appears to have a lot of things going for it on paper but does not have the same kind of success in the win-loss column, will that even out after what we you – know, just given the, the kind of ironic piece of this where a, a much weaker lineup in rotation we watched last year so highly out, out exceed, outperformed and uh, overexceeded its expectations from back in 2021. Yeah, so last year the Mariners 90-72 and 72 with a minus 51 run differential. <laughs> they, they're Pythagorean win-loss, yeah. and this is an alternate standings metric based on run differential – they played like a team that was 10 games under 500 in terms of run differential, but they finished 90 and 72. And they were, of course, you know, in that playoff race for a very long period of time. They were 33 and 19 in one run games last year. Mm-hmm. That's something that typically tends to regress year over year. And even though they have a really good bullpen, they're three and five in one run games here so far this season. So we have seen that. The thing about the Mariners is this. When you look at them and you look at their results here so far, and they're off to a one and six start in the month of May. They're 5-11 and 11 on the road. They've been outscored by 17 runs. They're 7-5 and five at home, 
where they're plus 17 in run differential. So this is a team where if you look at a lot of their pitchers, their home road splits are very, very significant. Chris Flexen is a pitch to contact guy. He's much, much better at home. Logan Gilbert's a fly ball pitcher, so we'll see if the ball changes throughout the course of the year. Right. But he's a guy that you may worry about on the road. Marco Gonzalez is a guy you worry about no matter where he's pitching. So there are a lot of things. This is a team that has a lot of talent and may not reach its expectations. It almost feels to me like the San Diego Padres a few years ago after they made a ton of moves, yeah. they started really building up. And I, I wrote their season win total, and I said, look, this team could win 72 games. It could win 92 games. Like their range of potential outcomes is that big. I think Seattle was kind of that team coming into the season. And so far, they're kind of on the lower end of that range. But oddly enough, you know, the minus 51 run differential last year, they go 90 and 72. This year, the run differential is exactly zero. And they're, you know, and they're 13 four, and 16. They're 13 yeah. and 16. It, it reminds me too. Remember the Sean Figgins uh, cover Sports Illustrated MLB Dropping another game. year? Okay. I mean, when they, I th- and it was similar where they just missed the playoffs, but a high 80s win total the previous season. This was 05, 06. And they were like the, the hype team. And not sure if they even won 75 games. Uh, one other thing to point out, we had this little freak out after you and I both took the A's season win total under 69 and a half. They looked like the 1927 Yankees for about a week. Uh, they're 10 and 18 on pace to win 58 games. So and, vindication, and Frank, Adam Burke. And Frankie Montas is gone soon. They and will trade is, him. Yeah. And he's is, been great, too. Really, really good. It is coming. It is coming. We didn't mention the Rangers either, but sure. They're bad. Mm. Not going well. When we return, we've got our stat of the week, some other weekly observations from this first week in the month of May. Get an update for you on Sunday Night Baseball as well and get you set for the Monday card all right after this here on the run line. You found Visa's Premier Baseball Betting Show. This is the run line. Baseball predictions made brighter. Join the Born in a Ballpark Challenge presented by Blue Moon to compete free for cash all season. Enter weekly prediction pools to fight for your share of $62,500 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Blue Moon now to join the action. Blue Moon made brighter. 21 plus only. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Drink responsibly. We're back. Two more segments of you uh, right here on the run line as we've got Adam Burke. I'm Ben Wilson. 5-1 Dodgers over the Cubs here. Top of the eighth inning in the final game of the night. Uh, two out, nobody on. And it appears as though we're on pace, Adam, for another uh, under in this one. Walker Bueller and the minus 220 Dodgers going to get another win. Uh, we have not really seen anything to suggest otherwise since Justin Steele exited this game and your hypothetical in-game under that, uh, that you laid out in, in great logic and then neither of us took. Just to <laughs> in, in keeping with tradition for what we've talked about in this game so far, we did not get in on Dodgers' money line when it was minus 120 live. It is now minus uh, 8,500. So there's that. And the Dodgers are going to roll another sweep for, uh, for L.A., as, as the Cubs will continue to uh, continue to fall back here. Dodgers with the win, Adam, will go to 19-7 and seven with a plus 72 run differential, assuming this final score uh, holds up. So it kind of goes back to the whole saying of, yeah, that's how they're going to be priced every single night. It's hard to find a lot of value on the Dodgers because you're going to have to lay big prices. Right, and it's also difficult, too, because they're also a really good defensive team. Like, they have all these big names offensively and, and guys that are going to produce throughout the course of the season, but... You know, I I talked about the Angels and some of their low numbers in terms of their batting average on balls and play against and all that. The team that's basically, you know, tops or second in the league in left on base percentage, Babbitt, both with starters and relievers, is the Dodgers. I mean, they're just a really, really quality team in every facet of the game. And as we were kind of talking about a little bit during one of the breaks, like this is a team that still doesn't have Dustin May. Blake Trainin is hurt. They have several other guys of, of relative importance that are not out there right now. They're either on the COVID list or injured or something like that. And they just keep right on chugging. You know, for them, it's it's really just a matter of if they're engaged that night or not. It's amazing how, yeah, and there's you know, the, the player who will not be named who was, I mean, such, an, you know, such a heavy investment who is never, probably never going to pitch in Major League Baseball again, who was kind of just presumed if you were looking at this, you know, at this time, you know, like you know, a couple of years ago, he would be the, the centerpiece of your team. He's no longer there. And yet, Dodgers, they just uh, they keep on trucking. Uh, speaking of, we talk about Dodgers and, and teams at the top. Uh, time for some of our weekly observations from what we've seen this week. And in, in what is kind of a weird development, you, you and I both, Adam, thought we would kind of, look, I, you know, the country as a whole, vaccination rates are up. We're kind of getting past the whole COVID thing. And yet, the COVID IL, it remains actually a real talking point in baseball. Kind of stunned that we're at this point. 
Uh, but we are, and we are still in it. And I know even as we've been on the show, Adam, a couple more guys have, uh, have hit the COVID IL here. Yeah, there have been quite a few guys this week that have that have wound up on the COVID IL here. Uh, Zach Wheeler being one of them. He was on there today. Marcus Stroman of these Cubs, a guy who he's in line for a lot of positive regression. But, you know, who knows how long it'll be until we see him start uh, being on that COVID list. And, and look, now that we don't have the extra roster spots anymore, now that we've gone back down a little bit to the 26-man roster, some of this could be a little bit of roster manipulation. You know, you get a guy who maybe pitches – three straight days, something like that out of the bullpen. And you say, oh, well, you, you got COVID. You know, we're going to call somebody up. We're going to get a fresh arm up here. Right. That, you know, that's something that teams probably will end up doing now as we go forward. Because, you know, I, as far as I can remember, and, and maybe one of our listeners can correct me if I'm wrong or, or you can look this up. Um, I don't think that they're testing for COVID. I think you have to self-report symptoms. And, you know, you and I were kind of talking during the break of like, oh, I'm kind of surprised at how many guys would actually do that, you know, but. Now you probably will have some teams kind of using this for roster manipulation and, and all those kinds of things. A few others here this past week, Dylan Bundy for the Twins, who was uh, off to a really nice start, and then the regression monster found him very, very oh, quickly, yeah. and he fell off being back to the, the Dylan Bundy that we're kind of used to seeing. But, you know, it's it's still a thing, and, and as I said, teams probably going to use it to manipulate the roster a little bit if they need to. Yeah, and you think about now, and they did eliminate uh, the testing if you are – um, all but symptomatic individuals. So if you if you get it, you do have to you still have to be tested, but only once you have uh, tested positive and, and have symptoms. If you are a player, it's just it does bear watching. We're talking about so many specific individual things to look for on daily handicaps, and this can affect bullpens. It can have mm-hmm. ripple effects there. It can affect starting rotations. How does that impact long relievers? How does that Im- impact prospects? Lineups are impacted as well. So uh, we point that out this week. Uh, mentioning a, 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 a big pitcher for the Phillies, as well as a, a former big pitcher for the Mets, now on the Cubs, uh, it does lead us into uh, the stat of the week because we we did we needed to do a show at him, and we could not not mention this. Craziest comeback we've seen in quite some time, uh, which happened earlier this week. Easy lead-in as well. Uh, to just getting a general discussion here on the Mets and the Phillies going forward. Two teams who, uh, while the Mets and, and the Braves are your two odds-making favorites to win the NL East, Phillies have been right there. A chic, sexy Kind of third option in that five to one range, but what we saw, Mets eight, Philly seven, where the Mets were as high as sixty to one in some shops in the live money line. Which, if we're being honest, that probably wasn't high enough. I mean, Fangraphs gave them a 02 percent chance of actually winning the game when when they came back uh, in that one. Three hundred thirty straight losses for the Mets when down six or more runs in the ninth inning. MLB teams had lost eight hundred fifty seven straight games when down six or more runs in the ninth inning. It was a truly ridiculous outcome, Adam. I don't know if you were involved at all betting, but uh, for those of you who were, it was either your greatest win or worst beat of of all time. Yeah, and look, I mean, this kind of underscores a lot of the concerns that I had with the Phillies coming into the season. The bullpen is not good, and they are a very, very bad team defensively, and they have to score a lot of runs to win games. And the funny thing about it is, actually going into today's action, the Phillies, fifth and weighted on base average offensively, and yet this is a team that's several games below 500 now because they just don't field well. They don't perform well out of the bullpen. I do give them credit, you know, obviously that today they, you know, they split that doubleheader, so at least it didn't really linger for them too much going on into the weekend here. But but this is the thing, you know, and and something else too, and it's too late to, to think about this now for this season, but something to think about, you know, for 10 months from now or so, these teams that win the offseason, right? The Phillies won the offseason. You know, they had... Nola and Wheeler and Eflin at the top of that rotation. They boosted the lineup. You know, they've got Bryce Harper, obviously, and JT Realmuto and some of those other guys that they have. But they get, you know, a Kyle Schwarber. You know, they, they get these guys that are going to in, in, improve, excuse me, their offensive profile. Right. There's and, more to the game than just offense. And that was a team that I felt was very overpriced coming into the season in the futures market, overpriced with their season win total, because you still have to get outs. You know, you still have That's to convert kind of those batted thing. balls into outs, and, yeah. and they're not going to do enough of it, I don't think. So I don't think that this is a playoff team. And it's it's pretty easy to say now with them being 12 and 15, but I don't think this is a playoff. They're 12 and 16. I don't think this is a playoff team. I really, truly don't think so. The fifth-worst bullpen ERA by just walks, hits, printing, pitch, the, the whip metric. And you don't really, you know, you look at it, it's and it's 135. That's not the only metric you can look at to evaluate bullpens, but you don't really – you can't really see like a way forward where this is all, all of a sudden, Adam, just going to take a complete uh, 180 reversal. And yes, fourth right now in that division, the Mar- even the Marlins with all of their issues uh, hitting the baseball have still found a way to somewhat right the ship at, at uh, 500. 
with the Mets though, who, you, you know, it, it's one, it's such a weird thing where you and I, like we focus so much on the, the deep dive statistical elements of these teams. And yet the Mets are, are almost in their own sphere where no matter what the stats or the numbers or the record says about a team like the Mets, only based on, on the historical evidence, you just kind of assume they're going to find, find a way to screw things up. And you're, you're the, the perfect person to like bring this question up because we can, you know, we can put any number of people in here and just say, look, it's the Mets. You can't trust them. It's a 162-game season. They're not going to be there. What, what say you on a team like the Mets who I think a lot of people now are going to say, well, maybe the cosmic stars are aligning. You have one of the great comebacks of all time. Maybe this will be the year, which is a ridiculous statement to make. But what do you think about this team, though, just from the overall statistical profile that we're seeing so far? Well, look, I mean, the starting rotation is outstanding. I, and, and Jacob DeGrom's not even there, which is just mind-blowing to me. And, and, and look, I really love their acquisition of Chris Bassett. I think Chris Bassett is a guy who's extremely, extremely underrated. He's never gotten the due that he deserves because he's been stuck in Oakland and nobody cares about Oakland A's baseball, as we've seen by their attendance numbers. But, you know, Bassett is a guy that fits really well into that ballpark. City Field is a good pitcher's park. It has been a very good pitcher's park throughout the course of this season. But then Carlos Carrasco, a guy that I got to watch a lot with the Indians, really, really good stuff. When he's going well, he was also one of the most underrated guys in baseball. Has that preseason surgery, removes some loose bodies in the elbow, mm-hmm. and that's a guy who's been really, really good. Obviously, Max Scherzer, you just you know you know you know what his baseline is. You know he's going to be good. Degrom, whenever he gets back, I mean you know you're just adding maybe the best pitcher on the planet to that rotation. The bullpen now with Trevor May on the IL. Hopefully he can get healthy. It was very hard to watch him you know on the mound with his frustration, even crying out there on the mound, pitching through pain and all that. That's addition by subtraction now, not having him out there until he gets healthy. But what's really weird about the Mets is, and Mike Petrello wrote about this over at uh, MLB.com, they are 29th in hard hit rate, but they're like a top five offense in a lot Mm -hmm. of different metrics. So they're not making quality contact, but they're making a lot of contact. And they're getting the timely hits. They're doing what they need to do in order to score runs and win, win games. If they stay healthy then the sky is the limit for this team. But that's the big question mark is if they will stay healthy with a lot of injury risks in the pitching staff and also in that lineup. Minus 195 right now at DraftKings doing the NL East with a Braves team behind them who has been a massive disappointment, who now has Ronald Acuna back into the mix at a couple homers this weekend in that series win over the Brewers. You sort of feel like that's just the sleeping giant. At a certain point, they will wake up. Uh, plus 275, the Braves are in the NL East. Fascinating to look at that on the heels of what was a historic comeback this week for the New York Mets. We turn our attention now into this coming week. We'll break down all of our top games on the Monday card in Major League Baseball as we wrap things up next here on The Run Line. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You found Visa's premier baseball betting show. This is The Run Line. The VSIN Spring Special is here for only $59. You get everything VSIN has to offer from now until the end of July. The next few months are going to be filled with the best betting content in the business right here at vsin.com, and subscribers will have access to all of it, including daily MLB best bets from one Adam Burke sitting next to me, Jonathan Von Tobel, his best bets all the way through the NBA Finals, Andy McNeil. 
breaking down all the action on the ice all the way through the Stanley Cup playoffs. We'll have lots of NFL offseason coverage as well, not to mention continued best bets and premium articles covering golf, UFC, USFL, and NASCAR. If you want the full VEASAN experience, which features a daily best bets email, every edition of Point Spread Weekly, use of our betting tools, and a live video stream whenever you want it, the cost is only $59 to be a subscriber through July 31st. So sign up now at VEASAN.com slash spring. You also get uh, daily picks from Scott Seidenberg, who's up next on the look at us, having a very nice MLB season to this point. You get those picks uh, every day as well as we're back for the final time, Adam. So every week we're on the show and it's like, wait, what, final segment? What? Two hours flies by. What happened? I, I feel like just a second ago I was talking about Bill Hall and Glenn Allen, uh, Glenn Allen Hill. Now we have to Sean say, Figgins, he dropped now that we have to there say too. goodbye. We did a Sean Figgins thing. We did a Elmer Descends thing. Yeah, we it was a nice Mother's Day, okay? It was. Yeah. I was it was gonna, a nice Mother's Day. I got to call my mom. I think my, I think my mom's watching, so oh, love you, hey. Mom. Happy Mother's hey, Day. Hey, Adam's mom. Happy, happy, happy Mother's Day. Let's try to give mom some winners, all right? Because, you know, the Mother's they love today, and now you got to try to cash in some tickets for tomorrow. You look at the card for tomorrow, it's fascinating because of all the weather we just saw this weekend, a number of teams in doubleheader action today or yesterday, or in the case of Rangers-Yankees, it ends up being a wraparound series going into tomorrow. Uh, we, we've talked all the time since we're on the show during Sunday Night Baseball, Adam, the nature of trying to fade some of these teams, especially who have long travel coming off Sunday Night Baseball. We said earlier in the show, no line yet out on that Cubs-Padres game for tomorrow. Kyle Hendricks versus Mackenzie Gore. We expect, though, the Padres to be pretty significant favorites as the Cubs are down right now 5-1 uh, here in the top of the ninth. But what's your approach when you look at these teams, say, coming off weekend doubleheaders, especially those with lots of travel, going into these fresh series in, in a fresh week, depending on the matchup? Yeah, it can obviously be, be very challenging, especially, too, because, you know, you talk about the month of April and there's a lot of days kind of built in for bad weather and all that. You get to May and you're kind of in the regular part of the season where, you know, you maybe have an off day once every two weeks, something like that. You know, we talked about with Travis Sawchuk earlier on in the show about how the Yankees now play 23 games in 22 days, you know. So you really want to look at bullpen usage. It's very, very important to take a look at the starter. You know, I don't know if they still do this, but I know for a while in Major League Baseball, They'd send the starter out the day before, you know, to get to the hotel, yeah. get a, you know, get rested and all that kind of thing. Not the relievers. You know, you need to have all hands on deck for those guys. So I look at a game tomorrow with the Guardians and the White Sox, and I'm not a Zach Plesak guy. And I think that the Guardians are really starting to see the effects of the brain drain, losing Matt Blake, who was one of their minor league pitching coordinators, and Ruben Niebla, who did basically everything in that organization on the pitching side. They lost those guys to pitching coach jobs at the major league level. Uh, with the Yankees for Matt Blake and then with the Padres for Ruben Niebla, Blisak has really gone in reverse here. The problem with this game is the White Sox bullpen. We just talked about it. They swept Boston over the weekend. Winning is great. Obviously, you want to win every game possible, but they've also won a lot of really close games. So Liam Hendricks, for example, had pitched five of the last six days. He was unavailable today. They didn't use him in a 3-2 game. Their bullpen those guys have really racked up the innings and racked up the workload over the last few days here. So to me, if you like Chicago, and I can understand why, looking to fade Plesak, I think you have to look at taking a first five here as opposed to a full game. You really want to look at that bullpen usage and keep that in mind. No, that's an interesting way to look uh, look at it. When you think about, yeah, Plesak, I know just even mentioning Guardians, Plesak, other, other, there are other names in there, gets, kind of gets you, you know, set off here. Uh, that makes a lot of sense. We showed you the full game lines, and usually first fives, those will come out uh, there in the morning. But seeing as high in the market right now as Kopech and the Sox, uh, minus 180 at BetMGM, that's, uh, and, and at DraftKings as well, that's the high watermark in the market right now. I'm really curious at what your thoughts are on, on Brandon Woodruff. Takes on Luis Castillo. Brewers go to Cincinnati where they have just basically, look, Brewers this year, they're 11-1 against teams named the Reds, the Pirates, and the Orioles, and they're sub-500 against everybody else. So, I'm still not really sold on this Brewers offense and in general, just this team. However, it's a different story when they are absolutely feasting against this bottom barrel competition. I'm not, I don't know that I'm as interested on the side here, but a total of seven and a half where Brandon Woodruff, a really fascinating regression, positive regression candidate, ERA over five, XFIP of just over three, high BAPIP of over 300. But this is the hardest contact he's ever given up in his career, near 40%. Highest barrel rate he's ever, ever given up in his career, near 10%, and just from the eye test, having watched every Brewers game this year and hit every start of his, command has not been nearly the same for Woodruff. I was willing to write off his opening day start against the Cubs as kind of a one-off, terrible weather conditions, and it was just a mess from the start. But I don't know if Woodruff is, is all the way there right now, given the high expectations we have for him. 
Yeah, I think it's really fair to wonder that. You know, early on in the season, I thought there were some issues with Vic Caratini behind the plate, you know, because yeah. he just he didn't seem to have a command of the staff. The staff didn't seem to feel all that comfortable throwing to him. Now they've had a little bit of time to kind of iron those things out. But to your point, Brandon Woodruff is, more often than not, I will give benefit of the doubt to the guys with track records like him. You know, I think he is an elite-level pitcher. He's maybe not as good as Corbin Burns, given the development that we've seen from Burns, but he's definitely a 1B, to say the least there. That's a guy I would absolutely expect to get better and certainly expect to get better against a team like the Cincinnati Reds. Luis Castillo is the interesting part of this handicap to me because when you get guys that are coming back off of injury, Mm -hmm. there are a, a lot of concerning things that you want to take a look at. First of all, how deep are they going to go into the game? You know, Luis Castillo made three rehab starts. He maxed out at four and a third in his last one on May 4th, faced 18 batters, struck out seven, walked two, only gave up one run on seven hits in his three rehab starts. So he was throwing the ball very, very well. But obviously now you're facing major league hitters, and we know that the Reds' bullpen is absolutely awful. So if you get four innings for Castillo because he's supposed to throw 75 pitches or something like that, that really dictates and changes the handicap where this price is set because Castillo's on the mound. But how long will he be out there? And what's the disadvantage going forward with Brandon mm-hmm. Woodruff a third time through the order and their bullpen against what we've seen from the Reds? So I think those are really important factors to keep right. in mind. Right. And like yeah. seven and a half. I'm sorry. I, I just, the Brewers, if they come to the park with their bats packed, like that is going to be, you feel like, four runs at a, at a very at a bit of bare minimum, probably. And that's probably light. I would say at least five or six. To me, the reason this total is not eight is just the market respect we're giving for Brandon Woodruff. And I, I just, I'm not a believer that he's at a full 100% cohesion with where he's at right now. So that would be a look for me uh, on the card tomorrow. By the way, we're, we're threatening here. The, this could be a, somewhat of a rough beat uh, for the old underbackers and Dodgers and Cubs. As this is a 5-1 game, top of the ninth. Dodgers just puts a two on with one out, second and third here. And that could, that could get interesting. <laughs> and it's a Cubs bullpen that's horrible. And they just oh, commit boy. an error on uh, what should have been a one hopper to short that Nico Horner should have gone home with to get an out. Instead, two runs score. Oh, boy. And uh, depending on the number, I mean, this was eight's most spots you're pushing right now. But, I mean, boy, Bay, 7-1. Well, we'll see if that live under that we've talked about at 8.5 ends ends up holding here. Uh, You know, look, this is something that you can run into, too. And and this is another live betting angle to consider where when it's a game that's 4-5-1, something like that, they're not throwing out a good reliever. You know, Adrian Sampson just getting called up, a guy who's been a well below average pitcher in his time at the major league level. This is what you sometimes end up with, you know? Mm -hmm. So those are things that you really have to consider from a live betting standpoint as well. One thing I do want to ask you about here is with the Brewers, right? Mm -hmm. When, When Hayter and Williams are going well, obviously everything's good for them in the bullpen when they're available. What do you think about the rest of that bullpen? I mean, are those trustworthy guys if the, if the workload's too high? I have wondered... First off, for years, why Craig Council has a love affair with Brad Boxberger. It's like his favorite guy. It's like Craig Council came out of the womb just a fan of alliteration automatically, which, look, there's nothing wrong with that. See, he, he, but he loves Brad Boxberger. I mean, who's, he's totally fine. I, what I'm, I would have a different answer for you if I knew that Aaron Ashby was going to be used specifically as their seventh inning, two, you know, two eighth inning guy, depending on the availability of Williams, because he has electric stuff, like ridiculous. A ridiculous pitch arsenal, but they are pretty – it's pretty obvious the Brewers want to extend him into a starter. He was awful today. I'm really high on him going forward, but he's inconsistent. They've, and they're using him in a lot of different roles, trying to figure out the best place for him. And remember, I mean, Corbin Burns was, was a reliever at one point. So was Brandon Woodruff before they put him in the starting rotation. They're clearly trying to do the same path with Ashby. Whether or not – like where they decide on him dictates a lot of my answer for you because there's not a lot of guys I really trust – falling off on that. Uh, Trevor Gott maybe may be the best Brewers reliever this year outside of Josh Hader, as crazy of a statement as that is. He's, he's been really, really good. So there, it just depends on how they choose to tinker with that uh, going forward would be my, my answer for it. No, I think it's a really good answer. And, and also, too, I mean, teams view it as a developmental failure. If they can't keep a guy in the starting rotation, he yeah. has to be a bullpen. Even though with how specialized the game is now, third time through the order penalty, so on and so forth, I, it, it really surprises me that you know teams don't look to go that relief route a little bit earlier. Um, Any last plays you got here before we wrap yeah, up? Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of thinking here about Oakland as a, as mm-hmm. a plus-money dog against Detroit. The Tigers are, are awful. Paul Blackburn's yeah. actually looked pretty good with his newfound curveball. Michael Pineda has not pitched well. Kind of looking at the A's in that one, but uh, not really a whole lot on the card for tomorrow that, that really stands out. Yeah. 
Well, we have Scott Seidenberg coming up next. It's the look ahead. He's got some MLB action for you, so stay tuned for that. Our two hours are in the books, though, Adam. Go with your mother. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day, Adam. Mom. And all the moms up there. Not just me. <laughs> he is Adam Burke. I'm Ben Wilson. We say so long. This has been yet another edition of the Run Line from VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. It is the look ahead coming your way next. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1 800 Gambler. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.